2: Hello ladies and gentlemen of the Hoopball Lakers family, I am your host for this episode JC Domeon Ethan is going to be off for this episode but we'll be together for the next recording which we'll probably do on Super Bowl Sunday, probably before the Super Bowl as I'm sure we both want to enjoy watching that. We are in the midst of a very good stretch in the schedule where the Lakers East Coast road trip is finally over. Lakers have won three in a row and have four fairly easy games at home, and I fully expect this win streak to turn into a seven-game win streak by the time it's all said and done, particularly with the way the Lakers and especially LeBron James have been playing lately. Uh, We'll talk about that great win over Denver last night and more after this quick sponsor break. Okay, my people,
3: fantasy draft season is over. It's in the rearview mirror, and luckily for you, you brewski 150'd your way to a hell of a team, but... The season has just begun, and that is why the Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 per month. And now that we're into the regular season, there is zero commitment. Sign up for a month for just 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. But we know you'll love it, but it's always nice to have that option. The Fantasy Pass has everything you'll need to dominate all year long. Updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the HoopBall Discord server, where you can all hang out with the HoopBall pros around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. So please check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. If you are missing out on the Fantasy Pass, the odds of you f- missing out on a Fantasy Trophy are 100 percent guaranteed your coffee costs five bucks and it lasts for an hour this lasts all month and it's just five bucks sign up today the fantasy pass only at hoop-ball.com
2: the denver win was a great sign of life for this lakers squad the first half was a pretty hard-fought game not a lazy effort by this team which we've seen at times but it wasn't a really great one either but the second half was was a defensive clinic anchored by a 15-0 run to end that third quarter, which broke Denver. In the fourth quarter, it was pretty smooth sailing as LeBron led the team with another career triple-double. But he wasn't the only Laker who shined bright in the big city. That third quarter drubbing, like I mentioned, was a 17-point quarter for Denver. The Lakers outscored them 37-17, to held Denver to 35 points in the second half overall. It was just a great, outstanding defensive effort. Overall, some of the players who shined For the entire game, we mentioned LeBron's triple-double. One of the things that was unusual about this game is, and it was a problem that was even acknowledged before the fourth quarter started in one of those interviews that the broadcasts do with the coaches, Anthony Davis put up five field goal attempts in the first half. He put up one field goal attempt in the third quarter, no field goal attempts in the fourth, not a single one. It was even brought up to Frank Vogel that, hey, Anthony Davis only has six uh, field goal attempts. Um, Actually, I stand corrected. He had two field goal attempts in the fourth quarter. Um, But, you know, how could the Lakers resolve that? Was it a problem they recognized? And Frank Vogel did recognize that it was an issue that they were having throughout the game, and the plan was to get him more field goal attempts in the fourth quarter. For whatever reason, that didn't happen. The pace of the game didn't necessarily dictate that. The the. I mean, it's a defensive clinic, like I said, and when that happens, the Lakers are running up and down, and the way they've been using Anthony Davis lately, um, it does seem to be be more in the half court, which is not really going to open up a lot of offensive opportunities for Anthony Davis, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And so this is kind of one of those deceptively, I think there are bad games in which Anthony Davis is not going to put up a lot of field goal attempts, and he's not going to look like himself, and those games will go really badly for the team, but I think in the middle of a game like that, when the Lakers are still managing to play defense the way that they have been, then yeah, it's going to be all smooth sailing for everyone involved, and this was an overall really impressive uh, impressive looking box score, with the exception of two stat lines. Uh, everyone was in double figures with the exception of Marcus Soll, who played 20 minutes and only scored two points. Uh, put up uh, four field goals, missed all four of them, hit two free throws. He's not here for the offensive output, uh, he's here to kind of anchor the defense. Um, I do still think down the road that Marcus Soll might be an issue that needs to be addressed. Throughout LeBron's career, he's always played with centers that are ineffectual is the best word I can use to come up with. I, I used to marvel when he played in Miami. Had no idea how he could play in Miami with a center in Joel Anthony, who <laughs> he would start the games. Dude to just put up zeros. Wouldn't grab rebounds, wouldn't score points, didn't get assists. Don't know why he was there. But Miami always won, and for whatever reason, they could never find a center to put next to LeBron. He's always had issues with playing with great centers, and it might just be because of his style of play, the way he opens up the basket for cutters and shooters. I can see how it doesn't necessarily open up a lot of opportunities for A guy like Marcus Gasol. But, you know, we've never really seen it. LeBron's never really played with an athletic dominant center. He had Shaquille towards the end of his career. and Andrunas was never that guy. We talked about Joel Anthony and we've got Marcus Gasol. The closest that came was was JaVale. And I think we've seen a lot of, uh, and and Dwight last year. And so you've seen a lot of moments where he can have pick and rolls and have really great moments with athletic centers. And I kind of want to see that again. Anyway. I'm the only one who seems to really hate the, the Marcus soul signing and I've been pleasantly surprised with what I have seen, but I don't think long term it's the best overall strategy. Anyways, uh, so the other unimpressive stat line, uh, despite the fact that he had a pretty good, pretty good game overall and he's had a pretty good week, uh, our guy Alex Caruso uh, played si- almost 17 minutes in this Denver game, didn't score a single point, uh, did get three assists. Two, uh, two rebounds, didn't get any steals, had a defensive impact the way he always does. Um, he gets on the court and things just happen. I'm, I'm going to talk about a pretty pretty mind-blowing stat here later in this episode that involves Anthony Caruso and the semi-new rotation for the Lakers. Um, but yeah, every besides Gasol and Caruso, everyone who played, uh, with the exception of Garbage Time, uh, everyone had a double-digit game. And Anthony Davis, for as little as we talked about his his impact at only eight field goal attempts, did have 13 points overall. Uh, Dennis Schroeder with ten, 21 to LeBron's 27. And LeBron finished with a triple-double like we talked about. Nine rebounds for Anthony Davis. Three steals for Anthony Davis. Three steals for our guy, Talon Horton Tucker. He had himself a game. I think it was... It's pretty quiet on the social media front because now the regular season has started. But this this might be Thd's kind of signature game. He was everywhere. He played 22 minutes, shot eight for 12, grabbed three rebounds, got two assists, got a block, got three steals. It was just kind of everywhere, everywhere he needed to be. I I, I sent out I retweeted a tweet last night where what are what are the one things i've talked about THT ever since he first kind of came out of the scene i talked about his ability to get to the pa- to the basket and the way he's able to manipulate his long arms he's got an insane layup package um, I, You i know i've always i've always loved the fact that Kyrie could kind of get to the basket and he could always find a way could fi- find some angle to get the ball up and into the basket and THT can do that He's obviously not as quick as a Kyrie, doesn't have his handles, but you know, there's one one pick and roll in which he picked up his dribble from the top of the key and in two steps, very honest like, can get from the top of the key to the basket and manipulate that ball with his long arms around a defender and up into the basket in a really impressive layout package. And that's just what THT can do. So he's finally getting more minutes. He's making less and less mistakes. The fact that it's happening in January, in February, is really amazing. I think this kid's going to be highly impactful. Uh, kind of at the point now where, you know, I, def- I definitely don't, I definitely don't hope that a Bradley Beal trade is on the table because it's obviously going to cost us THT. And I think down the road, this is a piece that the Lakers should keep. Uh, Montrez has been playing great lately uh, Montrez uh, double, Not double-double in this game But scored in double digits in this game uh, He's He was on a pretty impressive streak Of hitting double digits in nearly every game He's played in this season That streak finally stopped Against Philly and Detroit We don't talk about the Detroit, that Detroit game It's in the past But yeah, this week Starting with the end of January versus Boston, he's gone 16, 19, and 13. He's just been everywhere all over the place. And Denver's a pretty tough matchup for him. He's, he went up against uh, Jokic a lot. Jokic uh, way overpowers him in size, but Montrez is still able to uh, make an impact. And that's been really great to see. So overall, it's a really impressive win against Denver. And you look at that East Coast road trip. I talked about a few episodes, a few episodes ago how great it would have been to see the Lakers go three and0 versus Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston. Uh, I didn't really realize at the time, so soon after that stretch would be Denver. And so you know here, for all the, the talk about the Lakers have had an easy schedule up until the road trip, they've now gone three and one up against four of the top teams in the league and that one loss against Philly was a one-point loss in which they didn't play great in the first half and almost came back to win in the second half so really great, really great week really great signs of life for this laker team even though there's still a log jam up at the top of the west and we'll talk about that here in a second but yeah for the best teams in the nba this past week the lakers have gone up against and they've won their three and one you can't be mad at that I'll be back in a second after another quick ad. We interrupt this broadcast because we need a brief announcement.
3: And it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruise Letter is back. Oh, yes, back and fresh for the 2020 21 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Brewski, is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It is exclusive content that you cannot find anywhere else. It is not on the website. It is not in any podcast. It's not on social media. It is only in the email newsletter and you can sign up to get it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. Aaron Bruski straight to your inbox every day. Enjoy and
2: win your fantasy leagues in the process. So we talked earlier about the new rotation for the Los Angeles Lakers, and we talked a little bit about it last episode. Trevor Lane was the first one to notice that, for whatever reason, Marquise Morris and Wesley Matthews seem to have found themselves out of the rotation as Frank Vogel is shortening up his rotation to a solid nine-man rotation with uh, Montrez Harrell being the main person off of that bench. The other three pieces of that... Um, Of that bench in the new rotation Uh, this was brought to light last night Mike Trudell official Lakers reporter sideline reporter has um, talked about how the Lakers used free agency and trades to bring in key veteran pieces but three quarters of the current bench uh, are the homegrown guys that the Lakers have developed and those three are Kuzma Caruso and THT and beyond that Darius Soriano over a forum blue and gold uh, he he tweeted out that that trio of Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, and Taylor Horton Tucker have played seventy seven minutes together. And in those minutes, the Lakers have an offensive rating of one oh three point one and a defensive rating of eighty four point nine for a net positive of eighteen point two. When these three are on the court, you're no longer in a position where you have to have either LeBron or A D in there. And in fact, when I've seen the three of them on the court together, I hardly ever see them play, the three of them play with LeBron. When I have seen it, pretty magical things have happened. But, yeah, these three pieces are the absolute anchor to this rotation. And, yeah, the fact that, you know, we talked about THT has been making less mistakes and playing more and more minutes. This is part of the reason why. He's found himself to be a solid piece of the rotation, and Kyle Kuzma, you know, we're always going to be forever talking about him. We, you know, he's had a pretty another pretty solid week. He had the 22 points against Detroit when he started. Since then, he's had 11 points twice, five points against Atlanta, and that win. Um, but again, he's not really doing a lot of the things that you, that jump out on the stat sheet. Neither is Alex Caruso. Taylor Horton Tucker kind of is. But for the most part, and Draymond Green even recognized this from afar, he tweeted out that Kuzma has been playing a winning brand of basketball, which is absolutely important to this team. And it's going to be important to his career and his longevity as a player. And so, yeah, our Kuzma update for this week is that things continue to be pretty well on the Kuzma front, despite the fact that if you're a novice basketball fan or if all you do is look at the stat sheet and don't know much about analytics, not that I know everything there is to know. But yeah, Kuzma's been playing absolutely great. Uh, I can tell you from a DFS standpoint, that's a daily fantasy if you do that. Uh, From a daily fantasy standpoint, and FanDuel in particular, Kyle Kuzma was a 6.8x value player at 30.1 FanDuel points. Um, The way it basically works is you like a player to hit five times the value of their cost in daily fantasy. And... The more players you have that hit at least five times, um, the better your lineup is. And Kyle Kuzma, for the most part, despite the fact that he hasn't been putting up a lot of points, uh, at least from a daily fantasy standpoint, this can be a good way to kind of gauge how your pl- the players that you like are doing. Uh, to put it in perspective, a player like LeBron James, at his high cost, hardly ever hits value, although he did last night with that triple-double, uh, if you're curious, so I can... you that information he well despite him having a triple double he was a 5x player which 55 fando points is going to do really well but you want to see players like kyle kuzma hit six and seven times value and he's had a 10x value this game this season so yeah kyle kuzma is going to be one of those sneaky plays that you know if you're a daily fantasy player you'll appreciate a guy like Kyle Kuzma. Uh, if you're a Lakers fan, you'll appreciate a guy like Kyle Kuzma. If you know a little bit about you don't even have to know a lot because I definitely don't know a lot about a lot of the analytics because I don't make my living in this, at least not yet. And uh, But yeah, Kyle Kuzma is definitely going to be one of those uh, players that you can appreciate, and he's playing a really great brand of basketball, and so is THT. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, for everything he's done this week, we pull that up here in a second. Uh, he's averaging 7.2 points in the season, which is just fantastic because that's just off the bench excellence right there. Ever since uh, January 2nd, he's um, he had that blowout game last night. So let's examine whether or not this actually was his breakout game. So his career high remains to be 17 points, just like he hit last night. He hit 17 points against Houston uh, early in January in, in another blowout win there and so blowout wins do kind of send tend to give him more minutes and so maybe that's a little bit diluted but taylor horton tucker got some really early early first quarter minutes in this game and so he had an impact throughout the entire game not just the fact that it was a 21 point blowout so yeah i mean the ceiling remains extremely high for this kid He's had two career point, two, two career highs and 17 points, and people don't really talk about how, oh, Taylor Horton t- hit his career high because his career high isn't going to be anywhere near 17 points when it's all said and done. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to h- be having a really great impact. And, yeah, just for kicks, let's talk about our guy Alex Caruso and his non-impactful stat line but highly impactful <laughs> defensive presence. Uh Yeah. Nothing that jumps out on the page ever since January 30th. He's had a two-point game, an eight-point game, and the uh, goose egg last night versus Denver. Uh, But we still love our guy, Alex Caruso. He's still got a really uh, highly impactful, positive presence for this team. Uh, Just continues to play great, continues to play lockdown defense. That's just what he does. Uh, So, yeah, this new rotation of uh, homegrown Laker guys that this team has developed, um, Full credit uh, to Lakers GM Rob Palenka. Uh, just a great job with these de- players that he's developing, especially that second-round steal in Taylor Horton tucker One more quick pause for an ad break. We interrupt this
3: broadcast because we need a brief announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruise Letter is back. Oh yes, back and fresh for the 2020-21 NBA season, our founder Aaron Bruski is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It is exclusive content that you cannot find anywhere else. It is not on the website. It is not in any podcast. It's not on social media. It is only in the email newsletter and you can sign up to get it for free. Just go to bit.ly/bruseletter2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly/bruseletter2021. Aaron Bruski straight to your inbox every day. Enjoy and win your fantasy leagues in the process.
2: Not a back to back, but two opponents back to back on the eighth and the tenth. They play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City is getting to that point where they're falling uh, closer and closer to the bottom of the to the bottom of the pile in the Western Conference. So eventually, you know, you might see them start to either shut players down or shut shut players down who are going to be bought out. Trevor Ariza is still a candidate who could be bought out. Although at this point I want something else. I don't want Trevor Reese anymore. Uh, then you got the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is currently on the outside looking in the playoff picture, but they do have a winning record. They've been playing some pretty good basketball. Uh John Morant uh could have a chance to have a pretty good game against this Lakers squad. They've had a hard time with high scoring guards throughout this season. And so, you know, Memphis could be a harder fought game than people might expect but yeah and then uh and then all the way on it on the 14th uh they go to denver for you know another hard fought game versus denver so before that road trip to denver uh, the lakers have four more home games in which i don't see any reason why this can't be a four-game win streak by the time it's all said and done but you never know and with that, we'll uh, end the show the way I usually do, is taking a look at the rest of the conference standings. So still a logjam up at the top of the West. Uh, Utah, Clippers, and Lakers all have 17 wins. Uh, Utah only has five losses, and so and Clippers and Lakers have six. So currently at the top of the West, you do have Utah with the best record in the league at 17-5. and five. Hopefully by the time this... Uh, Hopeful seven-game win streak is over. Lakers will be atop that mountain once again. Uh, Denver started out pretty slow, but lately they've been playing really well. Are twelve and nine, tied for that fourth spot with Portland, who's quietly been having a pretty good a uh, pretty good season. Beyond that, you've got Phoenix in that sixth spot at 11, nine, 11 and nine. It's pretty much about where we thought Phoenix would be. I thought they were a playoff team all along, and so this isn't too surprising to see them in the picture. Golden State Warriors, they've been coming along. Uh, the way they started this season, they couldn't defend anybody. Uh, the fact that they're 12-10 is a testament to how good uh, a coach Steve Kerr might be. Uh, San Antonio Spurs are also at 12-10 and 10 in, the, in the playoff picture currently, tied for that 7th spot. Uh, Memphis, like we talked about earlier, are just on the outside looking in at nine and eight. Houston is at eleven and ten. Houston has actually improved their defense since trading James Harden, and Victor Oladipo has had an extremely positive impact on this team. And I fully expect Houston to end up being a playoff team. Uh, Sacramento is a little bit surprising at ten and eleven because they are a historically bad defense. They are one of the analytically worst defenses of all time the fact that they're not at the very bottom of this pile i don't know how they have pulled that off without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter
3: the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies
2: But, yeah, uh, Oklahoma City at 9-11. and I think that's going to be about where they're at, at in the 12th, so you might start to see them drop. New Orleans continues to highly disappoint at 8-12. and I, I don't think Stan Van Gundy lasts this season. Um, if he does last the entire season, I don't think he'll be back next season. This is just not working in New Orleans. Uh, Dallas, 9-14. and Not getting better for Dallas. I don't know why. They're a really good defensive team. They've got Porzingis back. People seem to be targeting Luca. And he, I mean, he, I, I've said this earlier this season. And I think I hopefully this season will be a wake-up call for, for Luca. Luca's extremely talented. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, I really like playing him. Really like watching him. I hope that this season is a wake-up call for him in the sense that he's he's got to get himself in better shape like i think a guy like jokic is an exception because he's so tall and he he gets by with just a minimum of athletic talent because he's so tall and he's able to use his size luka is the same size as most of this league and so and if you've got players who are going to be stronger players who are going to be faster um You've just got to be on that same physical level with those players. I don't think you can be a point guard in this league and not be on the same physical level as the rest of your opponents. Center, completely different story. You can be a Jokic, or you can be a Drummond, or you can be in the middle like Joel Embiid and still dominate if you just know how to use your size and position. Luka can't do that. And, you know... I really do hope that Luca spends the summer with with LeBron James and kind of gets his body in shape and comes out with just being more athletic is going to help Luca in the long run. Uh, Minnesota is at five and sixteen. Uh, looks like they might end up being your worst team in the league. Unfortunately, uh, Carl Anthony Towns has been going through a lot. He hasn't come back since he's gotten a COVID COVID nineteen diagnosis. Haven't heard how that's been affecting him, but. Hopefully, you do see him back on the court at some point. Uh, moving on to the East, uh, Philly seems like they're going to run away with the East. Uh, 16 and 7. Milwaukee's at 13 and 8. I don't see Philly slowing down. Uh, Brooklyn at 14, 14, and 9. They're Brooklyn's coming. They're a historically bad defense as well, but they're also a historically great offense, and so they're going to win a lot of games come playoff time. I don't know how much that's going to really impact. You know their play, but you know Brooklyn is definitely a team you don't want to see in the first round. And so, like currently right now, they'd be facing looks like Charlotte, and Charlotte's not gonna not gonna strike any fear in anyone's hearts. Uh, Boston's eleven and nine. Boston is uh, taking a little bit of a slide. They were number one at some uh, one point in the season, and. Currently sitting at 4th, and they've lost Marcus Smart for a couple of weeks due to a calf strain. That was a very scary-looking calf strain. It looked like one of the unfortunate uh, tears of the A-word that I don't like saying because I feel like it's a a bad word. I feel like it's a bad word karmically. Um, But thankfully, Marcus Smart is going to be okay. Indianapolis at 12-10. and Don't know when we're going to see Karis LaVert back this season. We're probably not going to see him back this season, but thankfully um, his diagnosis is going to be, or his prognosis is going to be a positive one with that mass that they found on his kidney. That trade likely saved his life. Charlotte, Cleveland, Atlanta are all at 10 and 12, tied for that sixth seed, and then all the way down at nine. Got the Knicks at 10, 10 and 13. Toronto is making some improvements, so they might be making a run. Chicago, the 11th seed at eight and 12, that's probably where they're going to be. Orlando at eight and 14, Miami seven and 14. I, I I don't see Miami making it to the playoffs, unfortunately. I don't. That's a big hole to crawl out of, and I only see that hole getting deeper and deeper. Um. Luckily for Miami, though, they're not going to end up with the worst record than Washington or Detroit, who are beneath them in the standings. So they've got that going for them, which is nice. But, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Hoopball Lakers. I am your host, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter at jcdeleon1. You can find Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore noroff. Follow the show at Hoopball Lakers. Follow at Hoopball Gaming for some gambling advice there's a pretty big football game coming up this sunday i don't know if you heard tom brady 10th Bowl, whatever maybe he's the greatest quarterback ever maybe he's not he probably is anyway yeah hoop ball gaming uh if you want to if you want some advice and some prop bets uh that subscription is only 10 bucks a month and it'll it'll make you some money trust me but until next time we are out